Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that all of our listeners know everything there is to know about Cactus League pods and the colors that will absorb sunlight, heating water above freezing temperature. <laughs> I'm Rachel, your baseball guru, and I am joined by, with her cat. I'm Rebecca. I am laughing at the NHL. Mm, aren't we all? <laughs> and I'm Nancy. I am your basketball enthusiast, though moonlighting as a, an amused NHL fan today because that was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, we did have a piece of uh, listener advice that I'm going to implement now, which is that we need to put a timestamp of when we're actually recording these at the beginning of our episodes, which I, you know, it's only taken a year and a half for us to like get to this point. So it's <laughs> February 20th. And in fact, the NHL is doing their NHL outside game today, or they were at least. Well, we're, we're just in a long intermission. <laughs> ah, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah they finished so the first well. period. Uh -huh. They're playing the second period later. It's just uh -huh. intermission. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, we might as well start with that. So, Rebecca, why don't you bring us up to speed on the uh, uh, NHL's glorious uh, decision? Sure, sure. So, um, so the NHL does uh, play games outside every year. They, they try to do at least a couple of games outside. Um, the last couple of Yeah, I remember of years, this, because wasn't there a, like a big parking disaster? Or something? <laughs> there was, yeah. Probably. So yeah. the last couple of years, they've had a stadium series. So um, like I got, I got to go see the Capitals play the Toronto Maple Leafs um, at the Annapolis um, Naval Academy mm. um, mm -hmm. at their football arena. They um, just they, flood it? They, well, <laughs> it's a controlled <laughs> a flooding. <laughs> Thankfully, the, the ice rink is smaller than a football field. I so, guess that's true. Yeah. Um, so they do these outdoor games every year. Um, frequently, they there's one on New Year's Day. There's a special name for that one, but pff, just completely. Um, and so this year, the NHL planned a couple of games at Lake Tahoe. Um, not on Lake Tahoe, just <laughs> next to Lake Tahoe. And I specify that, or I clarify that because, um, so today's game was supposed to be, or is the Colorado Avalanche against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and earlier in January, two of the players, um, Pierre-Edouard Belmar and uh, Andre Burkowski, um, were doing press and Belmar said that he had never played on a lake before. And Berkey, who is not notoriously the smartest tool <laughs> in the shed, uh, corrected him to say, we're not playing on the lake. It's next to the lake. And you should have seen Belmar's face. It was <laughs> like, I mean, he said all of his dreams had been crushed. He, was, just, he was heartbroken. Aww. It was really adorable. Yeah. Um, well, they should have just told him that was Lake Tahoe. What's that big blue thing over there? Oh, that's... That's, that's the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> um, Smaller than so, expected. So, um, uh, ironically, if you if you look on Twitter right now as we speak, um, one of their trending um, topics is the NHL is hosting two outdoor games in Lake Tahoe and fans are impressed, which... In in present day retrospect is funny, but mm -hmm. at the same time, the views of this rink and of its 
quote unquote arena surrounded mm-hmm. by these gorgeous mountains and next to the lake. It is just flawlessly beautiful. Oh yeah. Like, it's fucking the, stunning. Yeah. The yeah. imagery coming out of this is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Howsoever. <laughs> yes. When you say in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, ironically, they are playing slightly in a lake. Yep. <laughs> what what the NHL had hoped for was not just cold weather, but overcast weather. Mm-hmm. But either they didn't inform the weather or the weather said, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Because it has not been overcast at all. It's been quite sunny, which again has made it very beautiful. However, what has happened is that the paint on the... Um, surface underneath the ice has been absorbing the rays of the sun and melting the ice. Right. So you're so, telling wait, 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 you're telling me that sunlight melts ice? Well, yes, apparently. This takes me back to my childhood when we had a dark red car with vinyl seats. And, and burned the backs of your legs every time you sat down in the summer. Repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like anybody who has ever had, you know, lived through the 80s and had non-fabric seating. Well, no. Should know this. (laughs) A solid half of the players in the league played on lakes or backyard rinks growing up Mm -hmm. for much of their life. Yeah, I'm going to hazard a guess that those players did not grow up in California, though. Yep. That's correct. But <laughs> but I would also say that a solid half of the um, powers that be in hockey have at one point been players or staff or coaches mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. in the hockey world for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you'd think from experience, they know how ice works in the sun. So there's also there's a Darren Drager. He's a Excuse me. He's a hockey analyst. And every year he um, right at the start of the winter season, when people are starting to build their outdoor rinks, Mm -hmm. um, he has people tweet them the photos of their outdoor rinks and he just retweets all of these things. And the, the things that people come up with are incredible. But one of his comments today was. This is why I never put paint on an outdoor rink. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. it melts the, because it attracts the sun and melts the ice. Mm-hmm. So what we were seeing is um, the players and um, refs and linesmen alike would be skating even slowly and just all of a sudden fall down. <laughs> Which <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, and then and then there's a there's a video clip out there that I'll I'll make sure that we tweet. That shows during one of the breaks, it shows a section of the ice that's probably one of the lines and a hockey stick, the the blade of the stick, just digging slush out of this line of slush. (laughs) And so during every break in play in every commercial, um, linesmen and the ice crew were out there. And what they do is they basically take like a bucket of snow and they fill up the hole and then they take a puck because the pucks are frozen and they're flat, obviously. So they use the puck to kind of um, pack it tam- down, pack it down, yeah, cement pouring. It 
Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they're spackling the ice yes. every chance they get. Well, and it looks like you can't have like a proper Zamboni because I don't know how they a Zamboni would, right would drive like through <laughs> through Tahoe to the rink. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I guess you got to get the Zamboni there. Yeah. I And I, so I don't know. Anyway, so um, I don't recall there being a Zamboni at the Stadium Series game I was at either, but we were also imbibing just slightly so i could have easily <laughs> forgotten it also there was a power outage there was a whole lot going on that day <laughs> um so i mean there are there are things that you can't predict for an outdoor game and certainly weather is one of them like mm-hmm. you know the the game that i went to it in annapolis the wind was insane that weekend they canceled a whole bunch of events surrounding that stadium series game because the wind was so bad um the night that it was played, the wind was a little bit better, but because of the wind, the power went out for about 45 minutes. So, you know, that's unpredictable. I feel like the snow, the sun melting some of the ice is not what you would call unpredictable. So, so here's my theory. Here's the thing that I think kind of happened, which is an explanation, not an excuse, because people in charge of organizing events like this are are being paid to think through all the possibilities and plan for them. And clearly they failed to do that in, in this instance. But I suspect people who grew up with outdoor rinks lived somewhere where it was regularly cold enough that the thing would freeze hard and stay hard. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you happened to have <laughs> a sunny day, right? Yeah. But that's not true in Tahoe. Tahoe, like the rest of Northern California, like it's up in the mountains a bit. I think it's at like 3,500 feet. It gets a little colder, freezes overnight, but it gets well above freezing most days, right? So you're not getting the same sort of like solid freeze that you're going to get somewhere else. California winters aren't predictably exactly and that's the other piece so like have this in in montana have this in wisconsin do this in you know toronto somewhere you know like this well they couldn't do it in toronto oh right because we can't go there right now (laughs) that's 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 fair but you know yes there are there are places that are colder in the u.s and even if they weren't (laughs) colder on a particular day the rink would still be hard enough that it would probably be fine. Yeah. And if it were sunny, it would probably be cold enough that the sun hitting the ice wouldn't matter as much. Because I heard them say it's right. 33 in Tahoe. So even the yeah. air is not below freezing. So you have it 33 well, I think it de- plus the sun. depended on what time you were asking that question. I heard anywhere between 29 and 33. But your point but still, still stands. still, that's, that's not... Yeah. It's not cold enough to sustain that much ice. Exactly. Getting exactly. that much abuse. And I mean, and I, th- I think yeah. they just didn't think about it. They thought, well, it's winter. We've had some snow. It's below freezing most days. It'll be fine. And then they just didn't put two and two together about like, yeah, yeah but it's not enough below freezing yeah. consistently yeah. enough. Well, and, and yeah. Yeah, right. Floridian here. So correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't sunlight melt ice on sidewalks and roads during the day? It does, but it depends on how cold it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and how much ice and snow there is. Yeah. So, I mean, it it snowed here a couple days ago. It's been sunny all day today, but there's still snow on, and ice on the ground. Yeah, if it's cold enough, the sun's not going to help. Yeah. I mean, it, it softens it, 
Mm-hmm. It can soften it. Um, but the other thing is they scheduled the game for like 1 or one thirty in the afternoon, which is... No, it was noon Pacific time. Yeah, but in Tahoe it was... Noon. They're in mountain time. No, they're... Tahoe is mountain. Oh, right. Because they're not actually in California. They're yeah. in state line Nevada. They are yeah. not actually in yeah, it's, Tahoe. Yeah. If you're looking on a map, if you don't know, it's like right in the armpit of California. <laughs> yeah. Like right in that little point well, on the border. Tahoe is in California and thus is in Pacific time. But state yeah. line Nevada is in Nevada and yeah. thus is. Yeah. yeah. No, you're correct. So, you're correct. But but either way, the point is they're scheduling it like at a sunny time of day. Mm-hmm. Perhaps if they scheduled it. At six o'clock at night, or at ten o'clock Nine in, in the, the morning. morning, yeah, it yeah. would have been colder. Northern no, California I, famously overcast all morning. I mean, <laughs> you know, at the same yeah. time, like I give, I constantly give the NHL shit for the fact that they have twelve games at a time at seven p.m. Eastern, and then one game at ten p.m. Right? Yep. You can schedule things at different times. Yep. So, but at the same time. This is not one that you schedule at the different time. This is uh-huh. one that you schedule at prime time, which is also then colder time. And but they wanted the views. You know yeah. they wanted the views. I mean, yeah. that's the yeah, thing. That's true. But but nine in the morning. Like, yeah. you know, that's 12 Eastern. Like, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And then you just or rebroadcast what, it later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> or do what they're going to do, which is... Wait until that pesky sun goes away. Yeah. So what happened today was they played the first period and people were tripping and falling all over the place. And then um, they started intermission and they were patching up the ice, like I said, with snow and pucks and doing all that. <laughs> Bring it with the puck. I just, oh, that's a, <laughs> yeah, they, that's they a mental They pack image. it down with the puck and then they rub the puck over the ice to get it flat. Yeah. Um, the interns so got to do that? It, the it, what? It, <laughs> the, the interns, interns yes yeah it made me think rachel of like when you get rain in a baseball game and you get all the guys like running out with the tarp to cover the field like it was the same sort yeah. of like ridiculously synchronized like urgent <laughs> action well so they they started to have regular intermission and then there was all this conversation will they won't they um, for the first like 10 minutes of intermission, they hadn't actually started the intermission clock. So we knew it was going to be a long intermission. Mm-hmm. Usually it's 18 minutes. Um, and then after a while, they did start to pull tarps out to cover the ice. And that's kind of when, you know, they hadn't announced it yet, but can, kind of when we figured it wasn't going to pick up again right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the rules about these outdoor games say that you have to play two full periods for it to count as a full game. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. So they had only gotten one period done. So then the question is, well, do we play the second period now? Do we postpone it? Do we, you know, what do we do? And mm-hmm. what they ended up doing now is postponing it until what? I, I want to say. Nine. Nine my time. Yeah, 12 nine Eastern. Pacific, 10 oh, Mountain. Wow. Yep. Midnight Eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to play at least one, <clears throat> hopefully two more periods. Mm-hmm. Now, the other piece of this is the Flyers are playing there tomorrow. And so the Flyers game was originally scheduled at, I'm going to say, three o'clock Eastern, mm. which is noon Pacific. One o'clock Mountain, one o'clock mm-hmm. local. Then they changed it to 
2 o'clock Eastern, which is noon local. They did that like yesterday or the day before, which I don't know what that one hour does for anyone. Um, and now they've changed it to, I, I don't know, five local, seven local, something like that tomorrow. So they flipped the Flyers game and the Caps game. So the Flyers are going to be at um, two and the Caps were going to be at seven. And now the Caps are at two and the Flyers are at seven. And it'll be better for the Flyers game because there might actually be usable ice because they're mm-hmm. playing later in the evening. It sucks for the Caps because they can't play an afternoon game to save their lives <laughs> by their pathetic showing against the Rangers today. They have yet this season to win a um, uh, an afternoon game in regulation. Oh, it just it throws their oh. nap schedule all off. It you know? truly it does. <laughs> truly, that's it right. Does. They're the ones that nap, right? Yes, hockey's nap. Do they all nap? Okay, mm-hmm. hockey yep. nap. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. If they were planning on day games, do they have the lighting for this to go at they 9 do, o'clock actually. at night? Okay. Because they were they were planning as much as one can plan the weather for overcast. So uh, okay. if it was overcast, they had they have lighting there. Um, you know, just in case. Actually, there's a there's a great photo of Philip Grubauer, the um, goalie, one of the goalies for the Avalanche wearing aviator sunglasses under his goalie mask because it was mm-hmm. so bright. I don't think he wore them during the game. That would have been amazing. Um, but it was a It was great super yeah, bright. I mean, that's another thing. When yeah. it's, you know, bright and there's ice, yes. mm-hmm. well, you got to worry about yes. And that was the thing that the, the announcers were talking about that I thought was interesting was they were talking about for the two goalies because the, the rink is situated alongside the lake. Like, it's literally – like 50 yards from the lake. Yeah. You know, it's right there. Um, and they were saying for the, the view for one goalie was like a backdrop of trees. So like, it's fairly easy to see, you know, the ice is bright against the trees. Like you could see people moving around. The other guy was facing the water and the mountains, which are also, you know, snow covered. Right. Yeah. So it was like endless view of bright white with no differentiating characteristics. Yeah. Right. And so they were saying like, this might be a problem. <laughs> well, so one of the things they do in those cases is, I mean, in any game, they switch sides of the ice um, during periods. Right. So but that's in, still a two to one. Right. Well, in yeah. cases like this, where there is a distinct visual disadvantage, mm-hmm. they will sometimes, if they make it to the third period, switch halfway through the third <laughs> period. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's nice, yeah. at least. Yeah. In order to even it out. Right. Because, yeah, that seemed like a, a, a definite um factor yes yeah i will say my uh two favorite things about watching this because i i was i did have it on the tv as i was doing some other stuff um first of all was the flotilla so like outside the uh the giant's uh, ballpark in San Francisco, you always get like this little, cause it's right, like literally right on the water. You always get like a little flotilla of sailboats and like people in kayaks, like waving giants flags and like hoping to catch balls that get hit out of the stadium and stuff like that. I it's very that funny. Happens, I think that happens in Cincinnati too for Reds games. Cause they're right on the river. Sure. Yeah, could be. I think I've heard that. But so today they had a whole flotilla of like people in anoraks in kayaks on Lake Tahoe <laughs> <laughs> flying yeah. their little flags and like looking very, very cold. 
Yeah, but that looked fun. Like <laughs> it did look fun on the water in a kayak and watching the game. Yeah, no, cool. it was super cute, and and yeah. and I definitely, you know, I feel like they were all drinking enough that they were probably staying warm, uh, so that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, oh, drinking in a kayak though, I feel like that's bad idea, Gene. I mean, you can't exactly right fall over. You know, I mean, you I feel like that's probably an invert pretty common in Tahoe. Yeah, I think that's also true. You can kayaks, they roll. You you yeah. roll yourself back over. You just yeah. be cold. <laughs> I mean, clearly, Rachel, neither you nor I should be drinking in a kayak. I'm good. <laughs> okay, I'm not fishing you out though. I grew up in canoes. I'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. So, what was the other thing you like? The flotilla. And- oh. The poor announcers. So they so they started this uh, this intermission, right? Um, and as you say, they didn't start the clock because they were dealing with the ice, and it was obvious, you know, to them as well as to everybody watching that they were going to have to consider what to do about this. And so the poor announcers are just like endlessly vamping. Like they had they had a little pre recorded segment that they played, and then they were just like talking to the mascots, talking to one of the team captains, talking to each other. And I was just like, I mean, they did a good job of it, you know, but well, I, did you I see was the, just sitting there going, yeah. this is hilarious. Did you see the piece where the, the mascots were had little fire set up and they were mm-hmm. like camping? Mm-hmm. Apparently during one of the commercial breaks, the yep. fire marshal came over and was like, guys, you cannot you have fires. This. So then when they came back, they... <laughs> you're made of polyester. You're not well, allowed to... <laughs> no, it was in the trees. Yeah. It was, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had like steel, steel like buckets, but they're yeah. six feet from a tree. Yeah. And so the right. next time the cameras pan back to them, they're dumping snow on top of the fires yep. to get them out. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good, too. Yeah, well, sounds like they got a little taste of what baseball announcers have to do when they're figuring out a rain delay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I think they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess hockey announcers probably don't have to do that too often, huh? That's probably not a thing no. that comes up much. No. Maybe like for a serious injury or something, but then you have something right there to talk about. Yeah. But in this case, yeah, they were just, they just had to, to talk. Mm-hmm. They did an is admirable job. When you get your broadcast journalism degree, is there a course on... I suspect you just try to hire somebody who can just talk, you know? I would be so bad at that. I mean, despite this podcast and the fact that I can talk at length about just about anything without any sort of knowledge whatsoever, Mm -hmm. um, I would be very bad at that on television. I'd be like, well, I guess, bye. (laughs) I feel like I could do it, but I don't know if I'd say I could do it well. (laughs) These guys were doing it reasonably well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, so, tell me about your dinner last night. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Where'd you go? Oh. Okay, well, I guess we'll have an update on that when the rest of the game is eventually played. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, anything else going on in hockey right about now that you care to talk about? <laughs> um, I mean, there's still COVID going around the league. The The stories that we're now hearing about some of the players who are recovered, recovered, quote unquote, or recovering are Mm -hmm. really kind of scary. Like, I mean, obviously, everybody on this pod believes that COVID is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We take precautions so that we don't get it and we don't infect people that are around us. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
at the same time, it's, it is still startling sometimes to hear about players who are like, these guys are in peak tip top physical shape. Like they Mm -hmm. have to be heart healthy and they have to have, you know, heart endurance. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, a couple of the guys who have gotten it are in their mid twenties Mm-hmm. And they have talked about how they have struggled to breathe and walk. Like um, Rasmus Ristolainen, who is a defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres, he's not back yet playing with the team. And he said he would sleep for 12 hours and wake up feeling like he slept for five. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. And it's just, I, I mean, so it, for me, that's the only thing that's the other thing that's going on in the league right now is that we're, we're, I, you know, as much as I love this sport and I love the athleticism, we should not be playing like the, it's yep. just, yeah. it's clearly not safe. Like yep. there are, there are five or six members of the flyers who are not, who are not in Tahoe and not playing tomorrow night because they are sick. The captain of the flyers, Claude Giroux has COVID like why are we doing this? Money. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, sorry. Nancy, how's it looking? And that's all right. I mean, it is what it is and no need to sugarcoat it. Uh, So Nancy, how are things any better in uh, basketball these days? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they are. I think I think the NBA has had a bit of an easier time, uh, at least recently, with with the plague uh, than than the NHL has. I don't know if it's just that it's fewer people involved, or if they're actually doing something different. I'm I have not made an attempt to like do a deep dive on what the differences there are. Yes, Rebecca, who has apparently done this? No, I haven't. I haven't done research. Um, but I have seen a number of players on protocol or just coming off protocol who have talked about the fact that there are players in the league who think, oh, this is just the flu mm. or I'm young and strong and it's not going to mm-hmm. get me or they don't mm-hmm. believe it's a thing. So mm. um, I actually wonder if it has to do something with um, privilege and race um, I mean, especially black and brown communities have been disproportionately affected by COVID. So mm-hmm. given that the NBA is proportionately more black and brown than hockey. Significantly. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, that's, I wonder if there's something there. That's an interesting theory. I mean, I think it may also have something to, I mean, I love the NBA but I don't want to make it out like they're not humans like everybody else is sure. humans. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of COVID deniers in the NBA, just like there are COVID deniers in the rest of America, you know. Um, but they have had a few fairly high profile COVID events, like being the fact that everything shut down because they had a person <laughs> who got COVID first. But then also there's a player, a, a really well-known all-star player, Carl Anthony Towns, whose mother died of COVID very early on. Uh, and that was a big deal and, and really impacted the basketball world. I mean, the NBA is, again, significantly smaller than the NHL. It's like 15 guys on a team instead of 30 or 35 or whatever. Um, so a lot of people are friends with him and, and he has really struggled 
with it and has publicly struggled, you know, with how that has, they were close, you know, his whole family is really close. So I, and I think that there are a few other players who've had similar stories, though, I don't think to quite the same public, public level, but it, it makes me wonder if that sort of thing has made an impact too, because I don't think hockey has had a similar thing happen, or if it has, I haven't heard of it. Uh, if it has, I haven't heard of it either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, taking a step back, so much of the hockey world is privileged and moneyed right. and white. Right. And so even if even if players, family members are getting it, mm-hmm. it's very likely that they're betting, getting better care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's certainly possible. So, so yeah, I mean, I, my understanding, and again, with the huge caveat that I have not done a deep dive on this, because honestly, my method of dealing with all of this has been to try and read about read about it and hear about it as little as possible, <laughs> which I recognize is, is a privileged stance, uh, but it's how I'm getting through it, is to just pretend it's not happening as much as possible. Um, but I think the NBA has been ha- doing better Overall, like there have definitely been games canceled. There have definitely been people who've gotten it. Definitely people who have had to like sit out because of contact tracing. I mean, it's definitely had an impact. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that it hasn't, but I think it's been lesser. Um, so the Jazz, last we spoke, the Jazz were killing it. That is still true. They did drop the first game in a while against the Clippers last night, I think, just barely, which is a disappointment because everybody should beat the Clippers. Um, But, you know, the Jazz were on like a nine-game winning streak or something, so I suppose that was bound to end eventually. Um, They are still at the top. Uh, They are... uh, I just... I've had their... Yeah. So they have won 24 games and lost six, which is really, really good. bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so they're number one in the West and in the NBA generally. The number one in the East is the 76ers with 20 wins and 10 <laughs> losses. I, I know. Just, Rebecca doesn't look surprised at all. <laughs> I, am, I am just shocked by that. Now <laughs> is the time to get on that bandwagon, Rebecca, if you want to get on there. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, uh, if, I, if I picked up basketball, it would mm-hmm. probably be the Wizards. Just oh, because okay. of location. Well, uh, they are yeah. currently uh, oh, yeah. oh, they're, no they're, longer they're... worst in the league. They're 13th in yeah. the East. So, yeah. <laughs> so okay. Uh, but uh, in the in the West, the, the Warriors have been, this is the story of their season. They cannot string together either three wins or three losses. It's two or one or two or one or two or one. They are currently eighth with 16 wins and 14 losses. Um which, you know, is better than a lot of of people had expected in some ways. Uh, Steph Curry yeah. is playing out of his mind. He is literally playing better than he ever has before, even in the seasons when he won MVP, uh, which is terrific. Kelly Oubre is on a hot streak, which I'm real happy about because people gave him so much shit at the beginning of the year. And now he's doing really well. But they just, you know, they dropped a game last night against, in fact, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> but oh shoot, I was going to watch that too. I you still forgot. should. The I mean, Magic aren't playing particularly well this season. It looks like they 
have not been, but also they have been missing a couple of their top players, who a couple of whom were back last night. But also the Warriors lost it their own damn selves. Um, <laughs> I'm quite familiar as a Capitals yeah, fan. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. They, you know, they're, they're defending well overall, but they are still turning the ball over fairly frequently and not getting quite as many rebounds as they need to get. Um, but overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with them. Um, I did have some, some complaints I wanted to air, uh, not complaints on this show. I know. Right. I I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, (laughs) but I wanted to talk briefly. And this is relevant to the warriors about the concept of a bandwagon fan. So a bandwagon fan is somebody who comes in, uh, to a team, as a result of or as a team is doing well. And it is generally a derogatory term, and it generally implies that these are fans who only care about the team when they're like winning championships or on the up and up. So right, and so they're forth. somehow less fans mm-hmm. because they're lesser of how fan. they join the sport. Exactly. Normally, I hate this idea uh, because I think that's how people get into sports is because they hear about a team and you hear about a team when a team is doing well. So it f- mm-hmm. really smacks of privilege to me in yeah. terms of like sports fandom, you know, like, yeah. yeah and gatekeeping and yeah. gatekeeping. And, and yeah. So like somehow if you didn't grow up caring about this specific team or you didn't grow up knowing about a specific sport, then somehow you're a bandwagon fan and you're not as good. Well, it's- and like, I, I, sometimes I wonder if this feeling, because I'm, I'm totally with you, if this feeling comes a little bit with our, our background in fandom, like, there's yeah. nothing more fun than getting into a fandom and getting your friends into that fandom. Yep. Like, there is nothing more fun than dragging someone kicking and screaming into your fandom only for them to go, <laughs> Right? Yeah, so especially when there's, that? you know, brand new content. Yes! Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. everybody's active and everybody's talking about uh-huh. it. Exactly. And that's kind of similar to a team that's winning. Exactly. Yep. So why wouldn't yep. you want to do that with your team? Like, don't you want more people to be excited about your sport and your team? You'd think. You'd think. But it gets <laughs> to the same. And, and, you know, obviously not all the people who do this are men. But it gets to the same toxic masculinity thing that creates the concept of like fake gamer girls or fake geek girls. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. bullshit gatekeeping that says, well, you know, you're not enjoying this in the right way, or you didn't mm-hmm. come to enjoy this or to know about this in the way that I think is appropriate. Therefore, you are lesser. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I bring this up, this thing which we can all agree is bullshit, is that uh, it has been cited recently uh, with regard to the Warriors fan base, because the Warriors fan base this year has been fucking out of their minds. Like, I'm sorry, they are, <laughs> they are just unstable. And one of the main reasons that's being cited for it, which I think is actually a plausible reason, is that a large portion of the current Warriors fan base are new fans. Because the Warriors started winning, you know, started being big and and winning championships five, six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. Um, And a whole bunch of people started paying attention then. And then they went on to win and to make it to the championships for several years in a row. So there's this whole section of the fan base that expects the Warriors to win no matter what and expects them to be able to, like, go out and just 
do the thing. And if they fail to do the thing, then something is wrong and something is broken and we should be taking action to fix it, right? And it's just, I mean, it's just to crazy levels and, and people are just being dumb about it. Every single Warriors article right now has like people in, in the comments about trade so-and-so and get rid of so-and-so and get a better piece. And it's like, okay, but you're talking about trading like the ninth player on this team, the ninth ranked player. Who do you think is going to trade for him? Like, what do you think you're going to get? You're <laughs> going to get another ninth ranked player. You are not going to get like a superstar from another team in exchange for this yeah. guy who warns your bet. Like, come on. And like the fact that Kerr, Steve Kerr, Uncle Steve, has been so incredibly patient with a lot of the players on the team as they adjust to the Warrior system, which is legitimately different from how a lot of other teams play. The fan base has just been rabid about it. Steve needs to do something different. Steve isn't shaking it up. Steve isn't getting Steph. And there's also been this whole thing about like, how many minutes is Steph Curry playing? Steph should be playing more minutes. We need to get these wins. And it's like, for what, guys? Yeah. Like, we're not going to win the championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's nice to win games. And like, yeah, the team wants to do well. But but Pennywise and Pound Foolish, right? Like, you don't burn out your star player on a season you are definitively not going to win. Like, come on. You know? So, yeah. but I thought it was an interesting point that, like, a lot of the insanity of the fan base currently comes from having these fans who have only experienced a winning team with the exception of last year, which was a trash fire and like from the beginning. So there was <laughs> never any hope of like, ever win. you know, this year we're like very like solidly slightly above average. And so there's more like, but if it's we like, just okay, did one so little thing different this year than last year, no, 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 in no. Terms of, in ter- and I, I oh. mean, not in terms of the playing, yeah. but the, the fan base yes. and the, the demands that they're making. Yeah, okay. because last year the writing was on the wall. You looked at it and you were like, okay, the only one who's playing at all is Steph Curry and there's literally nobody else and we can't do anything and it's just tanking, yeah. right? And so I think people resign themselves to it fairly early on. This year, it's it's just good enough that people have this delusion of like, if we just changed one or <laughs> two things, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's a delusion. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I just, yeah, the it's been one of those awkward moments for me where I'm like, technically I would be considered a bandwagon fan for the Warriors. I didn't start paying attention to them until they started winning because I'd been out of paying attention to basketball for years. But then I'm in this position where I'm like, no guys, chill, just, just chill. It's okay. Like it, yep. We dropped a game. Yep. It was dumb. Yeah. They probably could have won it if they hadn't fucked up, but you know what? That's what teams do. That's that's how <laughs> yep. this that's how this works. Well, and like that's what we all do as humans. Shocking. Like overall, <laughs> I'd say I'm pretty good at my job, but mm-hmm. there are days that I absolutely suck ass at it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just what it yeah. is. And everything else. Like mostly I like to think I'm a pretty good friend. Sometimes I put my foot right in my mouth, you know? <laughs> like that's how this works. That's how yeah, that's, that's what always uh, gets to me about the commentator. Sometimes they're trying to explain, you know, why so and so made this boneheaded move, mm-hmm. and well, he must have thought this, and he must have. Mm-hmm. Well, no, sometimes people just mess up. Sometimes yep. your instinct goes wrong. Yep, yep, yep. Sometimes you just do the dumb thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and and it's so easy. And I think this is an interesting sports thing. Like, it's so easy as you're sitting there watching to say. Well, obviously, so and so should just like defend better. <laughs> okay, 
Yeah. Get more rebounds. Get more rebounds. But like, when why don't they just do that? Right. And like, sometimes <laughs> it's like, okay, you re- you really actually could have gotten that rebound. Like, a little effort would have gone a long way there. But but in the moment, right? Like, none of us walk into a test and are like, I'm going to fail this test. I'm going to fail it so hard, you know? But, like, sometimes you get in there and you're just like, well, I sure did study the wrong chapter, you know? <laughs> and it's the same sort of thing. Like, you're in the moment and you're, you're you're making a move. And, yeah, you can see in hindsight when you're watching the tape later, probably you should have gotten that rebound. But in the moment, you were worried about the guy you were trying to defend, you know? Like, it, yeah. So that's my that's my warrior's rant. Um, I, I, um, I was looking something up real quick cause I wanted to quote this properly, but, um, a few years ago, um, uh, Matt Niskanen, who used to play for the Capitals and then played for the Flyers, um, he made a mistake in a game mm-hmm. and, and it was one of those where, you know, like exactly like Rachel said, the commentators are like, well, he was probably thinking this mm-hmm. and he got, he got asked about it after the game, mm-hmm. um, and he flat out said, I make, I made a bonehead play of the month and they, and the other team won. Mm-hmm. And like, I just love that, that mm-hmm. he just owned it. Mm-hmm. I just like, I done mm-hmm. fucked up. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Draymond Green did that just recently. He had the last shot of a game. If he'd made it, I can't remember if they would have won outright or gone into overtime and he straight up fucked it up. Just and Draymond Green is usually such a smart player, and they asked him about it afterward, and he said, "Yeah, it was the smartest dumb play I've ever made." And it was <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. He had a reason to do it, and it was a good reason in theory, but he overanticipated, and it was terrible. It was the worst possible thing he could have done in the moment. And it was, you know, you watched it play out on TV and you were like, holy shit, Draymond, what did you just do? And like, I'm sure he had exactly that same thought standing there on the court. Holy shit, Draymond, what did you just do? You know, but like that happens even to really good players, really Mm -hmm. smart players like Draymond Green. Like it happens. Because they're human. Because they're humans, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one uh, really easy way to get around accusations of being a bandwagon fan, and that's to pick yourself a Marlins team, <laughs> follow that team, uh-huh. and then when they fuck up, they win. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's so pleasantly, just pleasantly surprised, because uh-huh. like, they weren't uh-huh. supposed to do well, and they're doing well. It's great. Oh, that's so nice. That's it's nice. So nice. That is a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, anything else on basketball, Nancy, before we move on? I'm just enjoying watching. You know, I've been watching a lot this year. I didn't watch last year, both because they weren't good to watch and also just because I was doing other stuff. Yeah, um, but this we year... We had the ability to do yeah. things last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This year... And now there's no other stuff to do. Now there's no other stuff to do. So I've been watching pretty near every game and it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Steph's playing so well. The rest of the team's coming along. Like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're not perfect, but it's been really enjoyable and it's been nice to remember how enjoyable it is. Well, that's great. Yay. And as far as baseball goes, uh, they've started spring training camp. Uh, games don't start till the end of February. Like I said, last time, and in their infinite wisdom, the MLB is selling tickets to spring training games. Here's oh, good. The email I got from the A's. It's almost time to play ball. Spring training starts in less than two weeks. And we can't wait to welcome you back to the ballpark. A limited number of single game tickets will be available for our 13 home games. 
We are planning for limited capacity that will follow social distancing guidelines set forth by the CDC and approved by local health officials. To maximize safety, single-game tickets will be sold in physically distanced pods of two or four. Lawn seating is also available, and all tickets are subject to availability. So, in these minor league ballparks, which are substantially smaller, of course, than the major league ballparks, um, or minor league, but the spring training parks for Cactus League in, in and around Phoenix, Arizona, I don't know what this is going to look like. Well, uh, the NHL is doing that, too. Yep, at least yeah. they're outside, because the Orlando That's Magic true. game had fans inside, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, sorry. Damn it, Florida. Yep. <sighs> mm-hmm. Just, mm. Most yeah. of them yeah. were wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just hard to to think about. It is. And I miss baseball, too, but it's definitely not worth dying over. So this has been, I'm going to drag us into the political very briefly, and then I promise I will not leave us there. Um, but so no, I promise something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I shouldn't make promises I can't keep. Uh, so I, at my job, I have clients um, in the Middle East, uh, some of whom are in the UAE and some of whom are in Jordan, uh, both of which are... Um, to greater and lesser extents, because they're quite different countries, um, monarchies, emirates, uh, where the government just makes decisions and then it's done, right? These these are not democracies. Um, these are not situations where you get to object to what's happening, again, to a greater or lesser extent. They are rather different, but compared to the U.S. And I was talking with uh, one of my one of my uh clients in the UAE and she was like, oh yeah, you know, we're, we're all getting our vaccines now. Um, and you know, we've been back in the library for, you know, like we are alternating, but we've been back in the library for a while and we're all going to be vaccinated by March and then everything will be back to normal because the government just decided that's, that's what we're doing. And my clients in Jordan were like, yeah, well, we shut down in March for, for, you know, I think, a total of three months, but it's been normal since then and nothing's shut down now. It hasn't been shut down since like midsummer because they shut it down so hard and everything, you know, like we got, we got it under control and now and it's- And they shut down their borders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, also these are both much smaller countries, which sure. helps. Yeah, much smaller and less culturally diverse, probably, I would mm, say. Jordan, I don't know about that. Um UAE, maybe more so. But even that, I don't know. They have a lot of non-resident workers that come in. Yeah. Um, but it was very much one of those moments where I was like, sitting here going, well, I have heard about some people who have started to get their vaccines, but we're probably <laughs> not going to open anything until like, you know, the end of summer. Meanwhile, Jordan's like, yeah, we've been open for like the last nine months. It's great. Coffee shops are lovely. <laughs> Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah, say I, that because I'm a professional, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have friends in, in New Zealand and Australia and yep. they're like mm. yep. going to oh, shows and like oh. hugging yep. their yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, just want to. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's real. America. <sighs> fuck yeah. To be clear, we're not saying that we need a monarchy here. No, that's not the takeaway but, from this. It's just a functioning government that cares about its people. 
Yeah, that'd be enough. Yeah, that that'd would be do nice. it. Well, at least Cittolini's gone. We might be getting closer to that goal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What were we going to talk about? <laughs> I have more ranting to do. Don't you want me to do more ranting? Always. Yeah. Was that going to be... I don't remember what order we were doing things in. Who's driving this ship anyway? I don't know. Yeah, Not I think, me, right? I think we are. <laughs> I, I think this is our regularly scheduled time for Nancy's feminist rant. Yes. Yes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm so ready. Okay. So I have been reading a book, which I had been meaning to read for years, um, but I recently started reading it. It's called Bad Feminist. It's by Roxanne Gay. She's amazing. Everybody should read this book if you have not already. Um, Follow her on Twitter. Yes. She's great. She's terrific. Um, And it is, as you might expect, a lot of writing about, you know, among other things, feminism. And in this particular essay, that I'm, I'm just going to read a little portion of it, like three paragraphs, I promise I won't take forever. Um, but she's talking about um, the concept of women's fiction, and basically gender in literature uh, circles and literary critique and so forth. But I thought it actually applies super well to the sports world as well. Uh, so I just wanted to read this. Um, she says, the time for outrage over things we already know is over. The call and response of this debate has grown tightly choreographed and tedious. A woman dares to acknowledge the gender problem. Some people say, yes, you're right, but do nothing to change the status quo. Some people say, I'm not part of the problem, and offer up some tired example as to why this is all no big deal and why this is all being blown out of proportion. Some people offer up submission cue ratios and other excuses as if that absolves responsibility. Some people say, give me proof, or I want more numbers, or things are so much better, or you're wrong. Some people say, stop complaining. Some people say, enough talking about the problem, let's talk about solutions. Another woman dares to acknowledge this gender problem. Rinse, repeat. The solutions are obvious. Stop making excuses. Stop saying women run publishing. Stop justifying the lack of parity in prominent publications that have the resources to address gender inequality. Stop parroting the weak notion that you are simply publishing the best writing regardless. There is ample evidence of the excellence of women writers. Publish more women writers. If women aren't submitting to your publication or press, ask yourself why. Deal with those answers, even if those answers make you uncomfortable, and then reach out to women writers. If women don't respond to your solicitations, go find other women. Keep doing that, issue after issue after issue. Read more widely. Create more inclusive measures of excellence. Ensure that books by men and women are being reviewed in equal numbers. Nominate more deserving women for the important awards. Deal with your resentment. Deal with your biases. Vigorously resist the urge to dismiss the gender problem. Make the effort and make the effort and make the effort until you no longer need to, until we don't need to keep having this conversation. Change requires intent and effort. It really is that simple. So, like, I just feel like you can go through and replace any instance there where she's talking about literary with women's sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it works perfectly because it just, I can't remember what it, 
was that I saw the other day recently, but there was it was reminding me of a rant I had done earlier this year <laughs> about a guy in the comments section who was talking about how women's sports aren't popular because they're not as high quality, right? And it's it's all of the same problems, right? It's it, yeah. it's requiring it's requiring it's a chicken and egg problem, right? That you are unwilling to solve. You're requiring money to already exist for something that you are not willing to publicize or support, support. which then doesn't produce enough money. And so then you use that as proof that it doesn't deserve the money to do the thing, right? Like, so I know we all agree about this. So maybe there's no actual conversation to be (laughs) had here, but I just, you know, it just struck me as I was reading it. I was like, Oh yes, women's sports. Okay, cool. There we are. There Mm -hmm. we are. But I will say it also did make me, pleased because I think when we started this podcast, one of the stated goals we had was for all of us who follow men's professional sports to follow more women's sports because none of us particularly did. And I think we've actually done a pretty good job about that. And I think we've done a good job of talking about it too. So not to get all self-congratulatory because obviously there's always (laughs) more work to be done, but it was a little reaffirming, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good passage. I'm glad you read that. Yeah. The emphasis on the fact that, like, we do pretty much know what the solution is. Just uh-huh. do the thing. Uh-huh. It's not a great mystery. It's not any kind so speaking- of mystery. No. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of doing the thing, there's a new thing that's trying to do the thing. Yeah. Called Athletes Unlimited. And Rebecca, were you going to tell us about that? Yeah. So Nancy found this. And then I kind of went digging um credit where it's due i found out about it from the power place newsletter oh okay awesome um we should make sure we link to them in the show notes again we should they're great um so um athletes unlimited it yes can i help you (laughs) (laughs) ma'am um so athletes unlimited is essentially it looks like it's trying to create a new league for um, some women's sports that reimagines the idea of a league and a team. So um, it looks like the league that they have going right now is volleyball. Um, They may also have softball and lacrosse coming up. I think they're um, also planning to bring on soccer at some point. Soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so every week there are four players at the top of the leaderboard, and they become the captains of their team for that week, and they draft a new team every week. Um, and so the teams are reformed basically every week with new wow. captains, right? And so the scoring is done differently. Um, so so in volleyball, um, in volleyball as we know it right now, um, matches are played the best of five sets. The first four sets are played to 25 points, and the final set is played to 15 points. Um, a team has to win a set by two points, 
There's no ceiling, so it continues until one of the team has a two-point advantage. So if they're right. at 25 and 24, they're going to keep playing, you know, un- right. until it gets to 35 and 33, right, yep. for example. Um, athletes Unlimited, they still have a 25-point set. Uh, you still have to win by two. Um, however... They play three sets instead of, I think I said five. Yeah, they play three sets instead of five. And the total score determines the match winner. Oh, interesting. So Hmm. in volleyball as we know it, it's the number of sets you win. Right. And And it just starts blank slate after every set. Right. In Athletes Unlimited, um, if the gold team wins in overall match points, even if they lost two of the sets, hmm. they would win that match. Interesting. But then additionally, they are um, they're doing two things. So first is they're voting for, M- uh, I was going to say MP3s, They're voting for MVPs. So the players and members of Athletes Unlimited are voting for players who had um, standout performances. And the points go to the individual player. And then in addition, they have a point system for individual stats. So if you have um, an ace as your serve, which means you serve it, nobody touches it, there's no volley back and forth, you just win the point it right away the with your serve. Inbounds. Right. Yeah. Um, if you serve an ace, you get 12 points as the individual who served. Mm. Um, mm. If you have an error, so if your serve hits or does not go over the net, it goes out of bounds, et cetera, et cetera, you lose eight points. Hmm. Um, if you have an assist, um, you get one point. If you commit an error, you lose 12, right? So all of these things form up to these individual points, which then leads to those players atop the leaderboard becoming the captains and then drafting their team for the next week of competition. Gotcha. So when I first read this, you know, this kind of scoring thing and the and the the like team change up, I I mean, I first read it like five hours ago and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of sat with it for a few minutes and and I'm still not sure I'm I'm there for it because mm-hmm. there's something to be said for the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then again, I am also the jackass following four NHL teams (laughs) because the players from a team that I love go to play for a different team. Right. So when when Gruby and Berkey left the Capitals, I was like, well, I guess I'm an Avs fan now. Um, And so this this model that Athletes Unlimited is is working towards eliminates the location-based fan base mm-hmm. and is more mm-hmm. player-based, which is interesting. You know, I don't know how successful it's going to be, um, but it also seems like it's going to have more 
parity across the league. Mm-hmm. And it's like your employees of the league and stuff. Can you calm down? I'm sorry. <laughs> She's being very mouthy. Um, you know, you're an employee of the league instead of an employee of the team. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that cancel out some of like a, a, a team having one team having more money right. than another team right. or being willing to spend more? Right. Or... Right. So one of the things that I thought, so when I first, I, I, I haven't read too much about it recently, but when I first heard about it, I went and read as much was available at, as was available at the time about it. And my understanding was that one of the major goals of the formation, because it is women's sports so mm-hmm. far, it's it's only women's sports. Mm-hmm. And one of the goals was to increase the money available to women athletes and to increase the availability and publicity of women's sports to the broader public. So like they've gotten some big uh, corporate sponsors they are trying to, you know, hire as many women as possible. And that's part of their, their stated goal is basically that like, the existing women's sports models aren't functioning well for women players, which Mm -hmm. fair. Um, But the problem that I have with it, and I haven't really seen anybody talk about this. So I'd be interested um, to see some discussion of it is is it sort of like diluting is it one of those situations where more women's sports in any platform is good for everybody or does it run the risk of sort of undermining the existing leagues like if this if right. if this athletes unlimited gets you know does a big soccer thing does it pull audience from the national from from the women's uh soccer leagues that exist and if so is that good or bad you know like well i really like that they're starting with volleyball and softball first of all yes my favorite sports to watch (laughs) but yeah but they're starting with uh sports that don't have an existing large league structure and in that case that's great i mean that's that's excellent like i have zero problem with that yeah well So, so Another thing that that I like, so I'm looking at their website, at their board of advisors. They have three, six, nine, ten uh, people on their board of advisors, and four, five, six, seven of them are female presenting. Um, one, two, three, four, at least four are visually minorities, mm. um, non-white individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, this is purely based on my visual scan of their, their website. Sure. Um, so, so it's kind of nice to see a league who's, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. governing body isn't all old white dudes. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Did, did you know Kevin Durant is on the um, advisory board? I didn't know that. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah Rachel, I, you, were you saying something else there? Oh, I'm Rachel? sorry. No. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Abby Wambach is a... Oh, she's cool. Yeah, she's one of the um, advisory members. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a Olymp- two-time Olympic gold medalist and FIFA World Cup champion. Yeah. Second all-time in goals scored in international competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I hear oh, you. Uh, Jess Mendoza, she's a, a softball commentator, former player. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I think a lot of these people 
are, I mean, Jordan Larson, she's a two-time Olympic medalist and captain of the women's national volleyball team. So like they're, they have people involved behind the scenes who are mm-hmm. at the top of their sport. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I totally hear you, Nancy, that, you know, is tossing another thing in the mix going to get in the way? Right. But then I also think, you know, maybe this is so innovative different. and yeah. different that it's it's almost catering or creating a new market. And that's certainly possible. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it is one of those things where like, okay, more positions for women athletes to get paid is good. Like that's obviously a good thing if there end up being two different, you know, groups paying women's soccer players, like terrific, I'm on board. Uh, and hopefully, you know, like the best case scenario is that it beca- they become, you know, internal, like competitive with the other leagues in a way that's beneficial. So, in you know, the situation of like, you know, for the WNBA or something where like you could say, all right, well, WNBA, I'm a top player, but Athletes Unlimited is going to offer me more. So if you want to keep me, you better pony the fuck up. Like, right. that'd be great. Right. Right. Um, And I'm totally open to that being the possibility. But I did, when I first saw it, I did have a moment of like, but we are just, it just, it feels like we're just starting to hit that critical mass of attention and publicity with things like, you know, the WNBA with women's soccer, you know, with the NWHL. Right. Is it, is it going to just accelerate the growth of that fan base by adding more possible options to view this sort of thing? Or does it weaken the thrust because people don't know what to watch where, you know? I, I, I think you're putting the court, the, uh, the court before the horse here. <laughs> yeah. There's a cart um, and a horse and they're just in the wrong order. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, they're, they're, Focusing on volleyball, softball, and mm-hmm. lacrosse right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. I mean, even, like, for the What's Up Next page, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't even mention, oh, well, someone on the board is a soccer champion. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that – I think this is really smart. And I think uh, – I don't know. I, I just think that – that's not something we have to worry about. Yeah. yeah and, and maybe you know? it's not. I, when I, when I read about them a few months ago, I think they hadn't yet quite determined what sports they were going to start with. So I'm okay. probably. Well, well, and, and I mean, I don't think uh, I would be shocked if they came for the WNBA at any point. Right. Yeah, because sure. the WNBA actually has a pretty good, I mean, it seems like they have a pretty solid structure. They do. Um, yeah. I would say that women's hockey would be a great thing for this because women's hockey yeah. has fuck all in terms of resources or organization yeah. as evidenced yeah. by the fact that there's a new league every two or three years. Yeah. Um, you know, women's soccer maybe doesn't need a, a, a structure like this, but mm-hmm. you know, softball, volleyball, mm-hmm. things like that, that we don't see often. Yeah. Um, yeah. May benefit from this. Actually, it's, um, looking at their, they have the unlimited club, quote unquote, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you can, where you can join. And mm-hmm. so the, the $20 a year level, it, it looks like this is trying to get fans more invested in the league itself as well. So with your $20 a year, 10% of your membership fee goes directly to the unlimited club player bonus pool. Hmm. Um, it also enables you, um, as a member to vote 
on some of the game MVPs. Hmm. So like you, you, you know, you're, you're part of it. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, um, buying a stake in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there, there are four different levels. So, um, you know, you get, you get more as you, as you buy in. So Um, what's the, what's the functionality here? It's just, you watch online. It's, it's, its own closed well, it looks system. Like some of the games are on. Um... Oh, sweet Alicia Ocasio! I love her. She's actually married to. Um... Oh, what's the WNB players? Natasha Cloud. Oh Is yeah, that... yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, yeah, she was on the Gator softball. I love her. Um, it looks like they're going to be on cable channels too. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's like that's FS2. better. And uh, CBS Sports, CBSN. Nice. Wait, is that the one that's going away? No, that's NBCSN is going yeah. away. NBCSN. Yeah. All the letters. Yeah, the volleyball yeah. schedule starts actually in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing as you. So the first game you can watch on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. But then, yeah, they're actually going to be on television. Okay, that's great. That makes me feel better about it because I definitely was the other thing that I was concerned about was like if if this is a closed system, if this is a you know buy in to watch, like I don't know how effective it's going to be at raising yeah awareness and yeah, and, I see and what, publicity right what you mean. But but if they're putting it on TV and even if they're putting it on Twitch and YouTube, like that's that's great. I, it looks like they've got a Twitch and YouTube channel. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, um, they're they're actually having scrimmages for volleyball this week. Nice. Um, which it appears you can watch some of them at least on Facebook and Twitch or maybe just the last one. But um, so we should share that info. On yeah. Twitter. Cause yeah. That'd yes. be and we should it's take a look. ProSports.com, but we will post this information on Twitter as well. God, I haven't watched volleyball in so long. That's mm-hmm, one of my same. favorite. It's one of my favorite Olympic sports to watch. Mm-hmm. It's super exciting to watch. It is, and the athleticism is incredible. Yep, yep. Good because you know we needed more sports. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm gonna go with pro, okay. uh, athletes unlimited until mm-hmm. proven otherwise. Me too. I can buy that. I I, I am curious how the sort of no teams no loyalties. <laughs> Thing will play out because I I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Rebecca. Like, uh, there's a I have a certain love of of uh, the team as a concept, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that yeah feels. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm I'm like I'm really interested to see how this yeah. works. Yeah. I, what, I, what it feels like to watch mm-hmm. and to follow. And you know, I do love it, that they're giving a platform to to lesser lesser shown women's sports like that's terrific yes for sure um you know what this mimics is fantasy sports it does that's true and that brings me back to my warriors ram because i think one of the problems (laughs) with the current fan base is that they're so used to fantasy sports where you can just trade anybody at any time and assemble this like dream team of whatever you want yeah, and Do you they think have many people play fantasy. Well, I don't I know if they, they play do. literal fantasy sports or if they just like do it Fantasize on their. Yeah, exactly. 
but also like play i mean like <laughs> nba 20k is like a really big you know video game okay. yeah i was gonna say between fantasy leagues fantasy mm-hmm. sports and video games yeah i think there's I think there is something there. Uh, It's never like fantasy. Neither of them have ever really interested me. So I don't really know much about them or Mm -hmm. the culture behind them. But I think you're on to something there. I think it's, you know, I think there's a real sense of like being able to just do whatever you want at any time in order to assemble like all of the perfect individuals in one place. And then obviously that leads to winning. And I have problems with with both ends of that. Yeah. 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 I add all their stats together and I get a really big number. Exactly. Therefore, yeah. Know, they would all work really well together. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's not true. And also I think that you have to take into consideration the fact that like, if the market don't want to trade for your ninth place dude, <laughs> you're stuck with your ninth place dude. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how that works. Well, I don't know. I mean, you see things like the, the Arenado trade that's like every now and again, I Somebody, suppose. <laughs> some team does something... Real dumb? Crazy, yeah. Um, so you could be hoping for one of those. But we ought to get someone who's into fantasy sports to tell us about well, that. Well, we have a note in our new uh, freshly sorted and color-coded spreadsheet that Rebecca was going to do a bit on fantasy hockey at some I point. I mean, I do, so. play, oh, I do play fantasy hockey. Um, so there you go. So I, I wanted to look that up real quick. So the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, which I didn't know was a thing until just this minute, has some <laughs> stats about um, people playing. So mm. in 2017, which looks like the last time they've updated this, there were 59.3 million people playing fantasy sports in the U.S. and Canada. Dang. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. And 40... Wow, this is actually shocking. Um, oh, U.S. only 18 plus year olds fantasy sports players in 20 in that same year, there were 43.2 million. So uh, what is that? 16 million roughly are either under 18 or Canadian or both. But 43 million in the U.S., that's that's significant. more than 10 percent because like what country million in the u.s yeah 320 i think but yeah yeah right so right about there again this is this is old number so in 2018 um 78 percent of fantasy sports players bet on sports um 78 percent of fantasy participants play fantasy football 39 percent are baseball 19 percent are basketball 18 hockey interesting yep there have got to be newer numbers, but anyway, that's you may have a good point there, Rachel. Rachel, why did I do that again? You're Nancy. Oh my god! I mean, I'll take credit for it. <laughs> Happy to do that. I would also like to point out that our uh, editor Joe has an interesting point, and and I'm assuming I'm interpreting this correctly, Joe. So just nod your head. Uh, it, they say, imagine the numbers now with COVID implying that with quarantine, this has gone up. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. I bet that's really true. Although so. counterpoint, the, <laughs> the, um, the leagues and the structure and the number of games are so different this year. And it was so up in the air for a long time. I know that there was a question before the hockey season started as to whether or not we were even going to do it. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, but they're still calculating stats and putting those out. Mm-hmm. I, oh, sure. I think it's a separate enough entity. Yeah, I Because it makes money on its own. So I think it was probably going to go mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is all hypothetical until one of us looks something up. So <laughs> we'll that's come the, back to that's this. That's the tagline for our entire show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's uh, definitely how we talk about football anyway. Um, Just as a fantasy. Yep. <laughs> Here is how it might work. Somebody ask Brittany. All right. Well, does anybody else have anything for today? Nah, I'm good. No. All right. Well, we'll start wrapping it up. Uh, Rebecca, if you could tell the people where they can find us. I would absolutely love to do that, Rachel. Wait, you are Rachel, right? That's me. Yes, I'm Rachel. Yeah. So uh, you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast and Twitter at foulpuckpod. And our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. Thank you. And I would also like to say thank you to Joe for doing our editing. And to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage everybody listening to go and give us a five-star review on the platform of your choice, but especially iTunes if you are on iTunes, because that's one of the ones that gets, uh, you know, more attention for the more reviews and more stars that you leave. Uh, But, you know, anywhere else is good, too. Also, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, start a uh, leaflet campaign in your neighborhood to let folks know about Falpuck. If you're in the mood to go out to the woods and shout, you can go and shout our website if you'd like to. Whatever floats your boat, really. It could be therapeutic, you know, see if anybody overhears you. Probably don't invite, like, Dodgers fans or Bruins fans because they (laughs) might not feel welcome. But everybody else, please. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Increase our woodland animal market share. That would be amazing. (laughs) I mean, there are animals with thumbs. We could get fan mail. That would also oh, be amazing. little raccoons typing on their little phones. Tiny possum. Okay. <laughs> typing and on their on little phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to have tiny little raccoon phones. Their little raccoon thumbs wouldn't work real well on, on people phones. Nancy, True. if you don't make a little raccoon on a smartphone, the image for this, <laughs> this episode, uh, I will be sad. Your wish is my command. <laughs> All right. Well... Fans, I will leave you with that delightful uh, mental image. I have been Rachel. I'm Rebecca. I continue to be Nancy. (laughs) And we'll see you next time.